Hey, I'm Jesse. Let's have a devotion. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 6. I don't want to hear anybody say that they don't like judgment. Our culture is obsessed with judgment. We have whole reality shows based around judgment, where some judge is in a chair. They turn around just to see who's vying for their approval. And we, we have literally shows like American Idol and, and The X Factor. We have these shows about judgment. I mean, like we love to judge the living snot out of each other all the time. This, this mentality of judgment, however, falls short of the real thing. Here's 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If any of you has a dispute against another, how dare you take it to court before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or don't you know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is judged by you, aren't you, are you unworthy to judge the trivial cases? Don't you know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? So there's an eschatological prophecy built into this. There's a prophecy about the end times. Get ready for that. When we get to chapter 15, there's going to be a whole lot more of that end time stuff. That's right. It's a letter to the Corinthian church. Paul foreshadowed this kind of stuff in his introduction, in his salutation. He said in verse 8 of chapter 1, he will also strengthen you to the end so that you'll be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus. He always encapsulates the major themes. It's like the overture before the musical. He captures all the musical themes. Daryl would approve. This is a foreshadowing of something that... Christians, when you see the word saints, that's Christians. If you come from a Catholic background, kind of made up this office of sainthood where you had to do something miraculous to be called a saint, but that's not the case. I mean, the, <laughs> the believers in Corinth were not exactly miracle workers, okay? Some of them, the, the, this book exists in part because they were, they were messing up a whole lot, but they are saints. They are believers. Sainthood in the papal sense made-up construct by a dude. See yesterday's devotion, okay? There's no John, Paul, Francis, whatever. There's no Apollos. There's no Cephas. There's no, there's no Paul. None of that. You just go straight to Jesus. Sainthood in the Catholic sense is a made-up construct. The word saint in Scripture, where God uses it, is to refer to believers, and believers are prophesied as judging angels. When our, everything is completed, and when evil itself is forever destroyed, you're going to see rebellious angels, demons, cast out. I believe that's what this is describing. The very demons that torment you today, that you will be there at Christ's side when he will cast rebellious angels into the lake of burning sulfur, where they're tormented day and night forevermore. This is what it is to judge the rebellious angels. So Paul says, look, you're going to be used of God to, to exercise judgment can't you handle disputes against one another? And his words are incredibly harsh. The original Greek here is incredibly harsh. We've seen him kind of prep us for this in chapter 4. He was warning you about the harsh language here. Chapter 4, verse 21. What do you want? Should I come to you with a rod or in love and a spirit of gentleness? Okay, here's the rod. Bop! This is how Paul shepherded the sheep at Corinth. I mean, he is being incredibly, incredibly harsh toward them, and it's because they're suing each other. Stop 
suing each other. Stupid Christians. Don't sue another Christian. Can't believe I have to say this. Pastors, stop suing your churches. Don't go to court with other believers. Handle your stuff. Don't drag it out in front of non-believers so you can get rich for crying out loud. We're already running short on churches in the Pacific Northwest. Don't sue each other. Work out your stuff and do it the way Jesus explained it. First, you go one-on-one. And by the way, that's not a five-minute phone call, that one-on-one. You go one-on-one until that person refuses to repent. And then you bring two or three witnesses. And then you bring them before a larger body. And then, even then, if they still don't repent, even then you treat them like a non-believer. That means, that means you do what you have to do from there. And in, in my interpretation, that means you share the gospel. You start over again with the gospel. But Paul's accusation to the church at Corinth holds directly to the exact same practice, the exact same practice that's happening in churches in Seattle. How dare you take it to court before the unrighteous? Because they have public record of this, and they just look at Christians suing each other. And if you guys can't reconcile with each other, you can't get along with, you're suing the pants off each other. Why should I believe any of your gospel that teaches about grace and forgiveness and restoration? You don't have any grace for each other. You don't have, you don't believe in restoration for each other. You don't have forgiveness for one another. Why should I believe a word you have to say? How dare you go to court with other believers? I know what it's like. I've been wronged by Christians numerous times, and I have had the temptation to sue the living snot out of them over it, but that's purely based in my own vindictiveness towards them. And it's because I believe this chapter that there are some Christians who need to thank God. Like, because I've been wronged before. I've wronged other people too. But don't sue other Christians. Paul reprimanded the church at Corinth for that and that exact same practice. I don't even have to practice any kind of hermeneutical device here. Like it's literally the exact same practice happening in the church of Seattle today. If any of you has a dispute against one another, how dare you take it to court before the unrighteous and not before the saints? You handle this the way Jesus taught us to handle it. I have never seen Jesus's model in Matthew 18 fail. I just haven't. I've just never seen it fail. The catastrophes I've observed have been from stupid Christians misappropriating Jesus's instructions in Matthew 18. And skipping step one, making up witnesses for step two. By the way, those need to be human beings that you bring as witnesses, and they need to be cognizant of the fact that they are witnesses, and they need to be present, need to be a part of the church. If you you skip Matthew 18, and you go straight to court, let's be real here. You just want money. You're sinning. You're greedy. People of God gave that money to God. They gave that money, not to the individual church's bank account, they gave it to God. And now you are suing the church because you want that money that was given to God because you feel like you've been wronged. Handle your stuff according to Jesus's instructions. It has never failed.
It has never failed. It has never failed. It has never failed. The only time I've ever seen failure happen is when we as Christians mess up those instructions for how to handle confrontation. The very existence of the church is predicated on our ability to handle conflict, just like Jurassic World was predicated upon its ability to handle it when an asset got out of containment, i.e. a dinosaur came out. In the same way, our relationships are predicated on our ability to handle conflict with each other because it's going to happen. It's inevitable. And God gave us instructions for how to do that. But when you skip step one of Matthew 18 and step two and step three and go straight to court with somebody else, you defame the gospel and you defund ministry in a place where it's needed more than ever. I know, I know that the, 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 the temptation is there. When you've been wronged, you've been slandered, you've been smeared, and you have a solid tort case because of interference with a professional relationship, a defamation case, I know what it's like. It's like being given a winning lottery ticket at somebody else's expense, but 1 Corinthians 6 exists. And if you weren't marked by the blood of Christ, and if the person who wronged you wasn't also marked by the blood of Christ, then have at it. But the truth is, you've got sin too. They may have sinned against you, and you may be entitled to some degree of compensation to handle medical bills or what have you, but don't, don't just skip the arbitration among the saints. We're gonna be judging angels one day. We're able to handle earthly matters. We're able to handle this. How dare you take it to court before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Or don't you know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is judged by you, aren't you, are you unworthy to judge the trivial cases? Don't you know that we will judge angels? How much more matters of this life? Christians, stop suing each other. Very simple. It's very simple. It's very simple. That's 1 Corinthians 6.